Helen, what's happening at Good Magazine? Well, we've just closed the uh, the July issue, the June issue. I'm getting ahead of myself, <laughs> which is why, which is why I can't string a sentence together and look a little bit tired. Uh, we have. I came back to work um, after having the baby a couple of weeks ago and returned to our biggest issue of the year. It's our second birthday in June, and we do our homegrown heroes every June. So we've pulled together kind of 60 of our favourite people in small small companies mainly. Um, and we photograph them and they'll be revealed um, on the cover, which they don't know about yet. But they're all <laughs> oh, really? Fa- yeah, all of them. I'll give you, I'll give you, this is not good for radio, but I'll give you a sneak peek, Suzanne. Mm-hmm. Ah, ah, okay. I recognise a few there. Yeah, I th- I'm hoping some people will recognise a few people on the cover, uh, but more importantly, learn about the people we want to shout about. Um, and also we've got, uh, as usual, loads of recipes. We've included some from the lovely Suzanne Hosseini as well, some of her <laughs> favourite dishes for Ramadan feasting. And uh, yeah, hopefully getting everyone hungry and in the mood for the special time of year that's coming up absolutely and we'll be bringing you uh, recipes and ideas for iftar and suhoor throughout the holy month and Suzanne I was at table with you last week with Crate and Barrel and exploring some of your special dishes for the holy month yes um, I put on a whole menu really from start to finish of uh, you know appetizers that would be traditionally served during iftar in my own little way Um, it's all about Sharing, breaking bread with family and friends. It's not about gluttony. It's really about appreciating good food with friends and eating less and giving more. That's what the the Holy Month is all about. And you have iftar uh, menu as well at Kavali, right? We do. We've uh, we've just put one together for uh, for the month of Ramadan. Uh, really nice little selection of uh, Italian-influenced uh, Arabic dishes. And uh, yeah, at, at, uh, at present, it looks like it's going to do very well. Fantastic. So the news from your point of view, from you, from your camp, is the fact that you're now offering catering to the masses of the UAE. So how's that going to take shape? Well, we've noticed there's um, there's a need for it in the market. We were approached by many of our regulars and many of uh, the you know the clientele that frequent some of our other venues. And we started seeing an opportunity. So we've, uh, we've done quite a few yacht caterings, private events, you know, canapé parties for two to 300 people. We've got a really few nice ones lined up in the next few weeks. Uh, it's getting really busy now pre-Ramadan. Everybody's trying to get it all out the way. So You know, when it comes to mind, uh, burning, burning things just as you've got guests arriving could be a disaster mm-hmm. at the table. Uh, running out of gas. Hob breaking. We, uh, a poor friend last week who is a chef had everyone over around the table and the hob broke just Aww. as we were sitting down. Um, for me, we had decided to have a dinner party two weeks after I had a baby. I don't know what we were thinking. So I spent <laughs> the whole time breastfeeding the bedroom in tears while everyone else was having a lovely time around the table. Suzanne? Yes. Have, what, come on, there must be a few in your camp that... Uh, mm, let me look into my archives. Yes, I actually once for Iftar, I had uh, about 50 people invited. And traditionally, there's always a soup course that you break the fast with, and I forgot to make soup. <laughs> Did you? So, yes, I forgot to make soup. People are waiting, anticipating the soup, and I said, ah! No soup. Sorry, we're going right into the salads. <laughs> Somebody texted in earlier to say that I forgot to put the bread in the oven. Uh, there you go. Or indeed forgetting items when you've sent people out for the shopping and coming back and not getting what you need for your special dinner party. But as always on the Thursday brunch, let's get started with... Guess the ingredient. Clue number one to our mystery ingredient. Suzanne, clue number one. Today's mystery ingredient can range from mild to extremely hot, with flavors varying from country to country. But almost all the plants grown produce the sweet variety. 
we are going to be talking later about catering for the dinner party and asking you for your dinner party disasters and Dawn's texting to say birthday barbecue for my husband and, and we found out we didn't have any gas oh. everything was cooked inside on the grill it was still a good evening though you see you have to be resourceful yes, but we've got yes, <laughs> yes. Just to reintroduce very quickly, Suzanne Husseini is always joining me on the Thursday brunch along with Helen Farmer, editor of Good Magazine. And we've got Mark Egbury, operations manager of the Cavalli Cafe, along with Mark Molnar, who's executive chef at the Pragmar Group. Now, Chef Mark, yeah, what are you going to be preparing for us today? We're going to have first uh, our Sunday tomato hummus with the Cavalli style flatbread, which is basically a pizza bread. And um, quinoa <laughs> salad. We, we, everyone likes quinoa. I think it's a very trendy and uh, uh, fashionable thing. So we have our own version that uh, I think you're going to like. Then we're going to have Fiorentina de Bajou. Uh, anyone knows what is Fiorentina means? What's that? <laughs> Suzanne, do you know what that is? I'm stumped. I don't yeah. know. So <laughs> it makes a change. Sorry. <laughs> yes, for a change, I don't know. It's very simple. Basically, in Italy, uh, uh, that's the name how they call Fiorentina is, is a beef, beef steak. Ah. So uh, we have our own uh, wagyu from a very nice farm from Australia. So the idea is to have a really nice beef in a very simple, perfectly cooked uh, Italian way. Because mm. usually the Italian serves the Fiorentina just a perfect beef, a little bit seasoning and nothing, uh, nothing else. So it's not uh, ruining. And then finally we have our rose panna cotta. Right. Wow. Which is uh, panna cotta infused with rose petals and crystallized rose beautiful mark Egbury. the whole sort of philosophy of cavalli and the background of cavalli and what you're bringing to basically people's table potentially i know this is catering for people in their houses but it could be for big events as well it really it ranges from whatever the the needs are so so far as i mentioned earlier we've done uh, quite a few of the uh, smaller events, uh, breaking into the market, doing yacht parties and little catering events. We're actually doing one this weekend for a couple who are celebrating their anniversary and the lady decided she would love to treat her husband to the Cavalli experience. And so pretend she cooked it herself. <laughs> well, no, I like the way she she's, <laughs> she's not going to get away with that because we, we send a chef to the house. Oh, okay. and, That's uh, great. That's the full experience. It's the then. full experience. So we'll have one of our team there to prepare the meal and we'll have one of our team there to serve the meal. And it's uh, What a treat then. And then you're not having to think about getting taxis and traffic. Mm, exactly. and mm. you know, You're at home. You can wear your pajama bottom should you choose, <laughs> should you choose. Yeah, I, I think this is my kind of evening it's it's mm. more of a, I think it's a very popular way of entertaining these days mm. where people you know take this route because they want to be at home yeah. get the home experience but fabulous food well this is it you know and we really you know I'm noticing a trend in uh, well all around really but particularly in Dubai where people are a lot more focused on what the product is that they're getting and not so much the surroundings and mm. it's giving us a real opportunity to showcase what we do um, we you know we can also go a little bit outside of our uh, our normal box and do things a little bit differently mm-hmm. and uh, people are loving it you know so far the response has been great food news let's get into our food news stories and local stories let's start with the journalist in the room here when it comes to print media good magazine share the news well, our news is all about um, celebrating small people, not those short people, <laughs> but small businesses that are starting out to doing their own thing, you know, who are, are kind of taking that step to strike out on their own. 
So in the current issue, you'll find um, our roundup of the people who are doing the UA foodie revolution. And this is all sorts of different food. So we've got a guy who you might have been to Pitfire Pizza in the Greens, a guy called uh, Bill Johnson, who's a, a native New Yorker. And he even smokes his own kind of sausages in his back garden in um, Arabian ranches and brings that to uh, to the, the pizza joint. And um, we've also got a fantastic place um, in Jumeirah called Life in One, who's um, founded by um, a Turkish a Turkish girl called Ida. And they have, it's a real holistic century. So they have yoga, they have meditation, they have guest speakers, but they also have an amazing cafe as well. Um, and obviously very healthy, lots of um, fresh veggies and juices. Yes. Um, and and gluten-free, sugar-free yeah. going mm-hmm. on in there, yeah. And, yeah. That, and it's doing incredibly well. And it's a beautiful little kind of haven. It's, it's a very, very special place. And so we're really about shouting, you know, about these people who are doing something a little bit different and also whether that's growing their own products, which is fantastic, or um, like you guys have seen, like a gap in the market. And I think a lot, a lot of the really successful businesses here have seen where they're almost answering a question or, mm. or solving a problem. Yeah, um, that's what... And I th- that's, that's, that's where it all starts is going, what we need is, and why don't I just do that myself? Mm. So that's what we're all about. Although I will say, one w- one woman who has caused my post-baby diet all sorts of problems in the last 24 <laughs> hours, uh, Elizabeth Stevenson. So she came over to Dubai and was a chef with Rivington Grill, the Ivy, Kubara, um, and then set up on her own um, as Lady Battenberg. And Canadian, she, may I add. She is. Yes. She is. She just got married. She went back home to yes. Montreal and got married in, in, uh, in Montreal. She's a fantastic woman. She is. And uh, she's just launched Jamba which is in Dubai Mall, and they delivered... Um, I'm not sure how many donuts were arrived at my desk yesterday, <laughs> but there weren't many by the end of the afternoon. Uh, and so she's doing something quite special as well. So for us, it's about homegrown heroes, for want of a better word, and these, these startups and really encouraging people who are starting things on a very small scale and giving them um, some good kind of foot, foot, footfall and good support. Yeah, fantastic. Uh, mm. Now for Mark and Mark, you are bringing to the UAE a wealth of experience. You've worked in all different places around the world. Uh, Executive Chef Mark here, he, you've worked in Michelin-starred restaurants around the world. And I know that you've got a, a story that you wanted to share when it comes to what's on trend when it comes to food but also how you take that and how you run with it, I suppose. So if you want to share that story? Well, yeah, I mean, for a start, I mean, as you said, coming from outside of the UAE, we've, you know, we've, we've seen some trends and we've seen how we can int- uh, involve those in, in the product that we're serving. So, for example, I was reading an article the other day that uh, that talks about, and I'll let Chef talk about farm to table a little bit more, but... You know, we've mentioned already today a couple of things that, that are really in line with what we're trying to do. You know, uh, vegetarian, healthy options. There's a study that suggests more than uh, 50% of Americans are currently, in a week, at least eating one vegetarian meal, which is a massive jump from what it was. So the idea to have vegetarian options on your menu is, is definitely something that you yeah, need to consider now. Especially when you think about the UK and they're, they're kind of promoting this meat-free Mondays mm. and thinking, I mean, often you can go through through a whole day without eating meat and not even thinking about it, mm. but you can get more creative and look for the more unusual vegetables and, and incorporate them almost like a meat replacement. Can well, done well in an exactly, interesting way. Yeah. And so we've also, we've uh, we've been working with some gluten-free products that we've uh, we've incorporated in our menu and a lot of these things we're able to do in our canapé selections and in our catering in people's homes. You know, we really needed to break away from the you know, the preconceptions of what Italian food is and really focus on all the good elements and the healthy parts of what Italian food can be. 
Yeah. So uh, for 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 me, what does it mean is uh, because I was lucky to live and work as a chef in very different parts of the world, from from Lima to Tokyo, and from different parts of Spain and France. And for me, cooking is is so many times. Big, I cannot be just stubborn of thinking on this is has to be that way because this is Italian. I think. Uh, is with the globalization and and with the uh, with this this word in, in Dubai is almost every single person from different nation so when it comes to cooking everyone has his own memories mm-hmm. from some person from Lebanon someone from uh, grow up in uh, in South America and there's so many great things everywhere in the world then even if we're doing Italian cooking where we're using a lot of Italian products and very fresh and Mediterranean if you need to twist uh, the Arabic hummus with the sun-dried tomato as we do in the Cavalli Cafe, that's that's where our message of being a little bit open-minded or if you see contemporary. Well, <coughs> my first question was, uh, or when I first walked in about the hummus and he told me it has chickpeas in it and I said, okay. <laughs> that's a good start. <laughs> Check. That's a good start. I have problems with people who call hummus hummus mm. and there's no chickpeas to be found. Mm. So you know what I mean? Puree of any kind. Mm. It's often misinterpreted that way. But uh, I give you um, thumbs up. At least there's chickpeas. No, you're going to love this one. It's really tasty. <laughs> it sounds amazing. And our secret ingredient is in there. Oh, mm. okay. Well, talking of secret ingredients. Guess the ingredient. Keeper of the Clues, Helen Farmer, editor of Good Magazine. Today's mystery ingredient is a spice made from grinding an air-dried vegetable native to the American continent. However, it's still often associated with the Hungarian cuisine. Today it is used in other cultures as well, especially in Mediterranean cuisines. <laughs> and uh, Chef Mark's giving the fest there, yay, because he's from Hungary. So there you go. Um, oh, we're international today, aren't we? Are. we? Wow. What, what do you think it is? I can tell you from what's come in so far. It's not chocolate. It's not peppers. It's not capsicum or peppers. And it's not chilli. The studio becomes a kitchen with the great chefs of our city uh, sharing their expertise and cooking up a storm. So in a moment, we're going to be sharing sharing some food from executive chef Mark Molnar, who's at the Pragmar Group. Uh, 20-year career, bringing his experience here to the UAE. He's lived in uh, many different uh, countries, working in Michelin-starred restaurants in France, Spain and the UK, as well as some of the world's top restaurants in Tokyo, Budapest, Miami and Lima. And uh, he's worked with some of the masters as well, Heston Blumenthal, Nobu, Pierre Garnier. The list goes on. So it's a real pleasure to have you here, Chef Mark. Thank you. <laughs> and uh, I know that you want to get to your hummus and serve us hummus, but we've got to do some news first. Also joining him alongside is Mark Egbury, who's operations manager at Cavalli Cafe. Uh, 15 years, bringing his wealth of experience of hospitality in the F&B industry. Originally from South Africa, grew up on a farm, no less. How wonderful is that? It is. Oh, you want me to talk? Okay, right. (laughs) (laughs) What's it like living on a farm? Uh, Farms are amazing. But it's not just any farm, is it? No, it's a game farm. We uh, we we're uh, we're lucky oh, so to you put on a menu some. <laughs> yes, we should some venison. Uh, very very blessed to have grown up that way. Um, beautiful surroundings. Uh, did you shoot your own animals and? Uh, I, I'm not sure if I can say that. Yes, yes, we did. <laughs> I mean, it's it's what you have of to course, do. Right? Yeah, 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 yes, of course. We're uh, we're, uh, we're big on um, using the meat that we uh, that we hunt. We make a lot of biltong, which is the the dried venison. Um, all the dried sausage, we, we do it all at home. What's the best way to cook venison? Well, you know, for me, I'm a big fan of... Um, which is deer meat, by the way. Which is deer meat, yes. <laughs> or, or as we, uh, you know, we most of it we cure. 
Um, but if we're going to cook, we, we barbecue, as we say in South Africa, braai. Mm -hmm. uh, we're big braai culture. We yes. love to eat our meat, flame grilled. Right. And you keep, way. and it's very lean meat, so you have to very really keep it, uh, yes. Yes. Keep you it treat it like a filet. Indeed, keep yeah. it kind of rare is, uh, yeah. is the best way to do it or else you just lose it. Listening yeah. there to the voice of Suzanne Husseini, who's uh, here. And we have Helen Farmer, editor of Good Magazine and sharing uh, some of the stories in this month's issue and next month as well, along with the recipes. They always do some great recipes in Good Magazine, keeping it easy, 15-minute recipes. We're all about as easy as possible. Basically, the benchmark is if I can cook it, it goes in the magazine. <laughs> <laughs> if I don't freak out the list of ingredients and, you know, 26 steps of how to make make it then we're fine mm -hmm. so we do five um, 15 minute meals so basically speedy suppers to get you through the week things that you can um, kind of cook tonight we also do lots of recipes about no more than four so basically um, dishes based around four core ingredients with a couple of kind of pantry essentials and then every month we do a focus on one ingredient so this month it's kale so three recipes mm. using kale my previous to this uh, feature my favorite thing to do with kale was to buy it and leave it in the fridge for a week <laughs> and then throw it out <laughs> so um, I feel like I've learned something from the magazine this month so what are the recipes? For kale, we've got some really yummy ones, actually. So I, I did get into, I did some furious Googling of how to make kale chips after I bought some at the Emirates Garden. Oh, uh, so sounds market. great. I've made that. Kale oh, chips. I love yeah. them. And we've got actually a really nice South African, um, like a spice rub that yep. we can, um, we can have the spray of olive oil and then the, the spices sticks to that. Really delicious. Nice. Um, in, the, in the mag, we've got kale soup. So super mm -hmm. good, if you, especially that'd be a lovely thing as a, as a replacement for lentil soup, perhaps for breaking fast. Mm -hmm. um, a really good breakfast dish with eggs, lamb, mushroom and kale, a bit like a shakshuka feel. So it's all in one pan and then in the oven and then kale muffins. So great for freezing and just grabbing one um, in the morning and then it's defrosted. Yeah, I, I, people keep in mind that kale is part of the cabbage family. So anything that you can perceive cabbage can be in, kale yeah, can, can be, be translated too. over. You could even substitute kale for um, parsley and tabbouleh and make a kale tabbouleh, I dare say. Idea. Yes, you can. It's really yummy. And it's supercharged with nutrients. Obviously, kale green juice is a, a big thing at the moment. My husband's trying to juice. <laughs> what he does, he juices during the day and then comes home and goes, I'm just going to get an 800 pizza. I've been good all day. <laughs> so he hasn't quite graduated to the green juice yet, but I think in, in order to absorb and take in as many nutrients as possible, um, these kind of, I hate the phrase superfoods, but actually kale is jam-packed with the good stuff. Food news. Okay, another story for you. Uh, this is coming out of Europe, and uh, you may have been aware of this. The story kind of broke about a week ago, but there's a follow-up to this. This is the uh, councillor in France who persuaded the French government to pass laws against supermarket food waste, and now he's saying and calling on other countries to do the same. Um, he successfully campaigned for French supermarkets to be banned from throwing away unsold food and uh, and, and and making sure that the legislation legislation was in place for this to happen um, Chef, your thoughts on this story um, I actually uh, posted, I shared this comment on Facebook uh, two days ago and, and, uh, and I, I really think that actually I'm thinking quite a long, a few years ago why it didn't happen until now and everywhere in the world, like all governments should have uh, made laws that food should not be thrown away when we're living in a planet when how many billions of people doesn't have food and then in the meantime we, we know the the figures that 40 percent of the plants and animals which is uh, planted and raised is going as a waste these mm. days mm. because it's of the way how it's 
you know, design the whole supermarket mm. and fast food world. Well, these new rules force French supermarkets, uh, the chains of supermarkets, to do- donate food which are approaching their uh, sell-by date to charity or to be turned into animal feed or compost rather than mm. simply discarding it. Uh, those shops that fail to partner with charities will face steep fines. Good. Quite right, good. too. I think you'd be hard-pressed to argue with this. I, mm. I'd, I'd, I'd really love to hear someone's argument about why this is not a good idea um, and not like you say not just for people but for animals and giving back to the farms for as sure. well just an absolutely fantastic initiative um, kudos to France yeah and I hope it starts a spark and and the world listens and pays attention and Ab- everybody follows absolutely suit. because people should be following suit because also yeah. France is making other countries now look pretty mm. poor yeah. you know if, if they're leading the way the other country would be wise to, to jump on that bandwagon in a very positive way mm. I'm not sure it'll come here here yet, Um, but obviously the benefit of of things like uh, supermarkets and city centres, if you do have homeless people or or shelters or charities, you've got that immediacy as well. Yes, and it's also sending another message. It's not just about, you know, preserving food for a lot of people, of course, who who live without um, nourishment, but a message to the new generation that food should never be thrown away. Yeah, it shouldn't be disposable. It should, it's not disposable. It's yeah. not something that we just toss aside, that we need to think about using food and, and, and using just enough food that we need so that we eliminate waste. That's absolutely right. I, mean, I think it's something we can all think about at home as well when we think about portion sizes. Mm, yes. um, and if you're overloading your plate and throwing away a third... Yeah you've got to take a good hard look at and how, you, how you're shopping and how you're planning. And if that means you writing a list and doing a proper shopping list yeah. and you cook exactly what you need, then, you know, thumbs up to you because it, it takes a bit more work, but the benefits are huge, oh, both financially for yourself yeah. and for the, for the world. Too. And people say don't go hungry to, to shopping, no? Yeah, and that's you, we right. Know when you're hungry and desperate, you're going to buy everything. Or after a big night out, that's always a, that's yeah. always a mistake. I <laughs> like to see, um, you know, things like this, <laughs> yeah. events like this or, or initiatives like this to be incorporated into schools and curriculums as well, where teachers are educating, are, are educating yeah. children mm. in the process and how food is brought, where it's grown, what's ha- happening, where yeah. it's going. It's journey no, and not yeah. just thinking about something you buy in an instant. And especially yeah. if it's cheap, then it, it, that also creates a bit of a negative association that yeah. it's not important and of course it's hugely important from the growing and the breeding all the way to where it ends up yes now chef mark you want to carry on and uh, prepare sure. yes now we can let you leave table to uh, prepare <laughs> the <you>. first dish <laughs> and i'm going to share this story with you and this is really one i think for the other market table um eu food agency uh, says don't drink more than five espressos a day drinking more than five espressos a, a day <laughs> he's shaking be, his head It's saying it could be bad news for your health, according to the EU's Food Safety Agency. Now, you're... Outrageous, honestly. (laughs) Lies, it's all lies. It's all lies. (laughs) It could be dangerous for your health to walk on a pavement, but, you know, we still do that. No, I'm a a big coffee drinker. I uh, I, I make my own cold-pressed coffee at home, which I leave to steep for 16 hours before I drip it out. Wow, you take it, it seriously. I do take it seriously. Love it. Buy, where do you, apart from Cavalli Cafe, where in Dubai do you rate for good coffee? Uh, for me, it's, it's fairly straightforward. I buy three single estate coffee beans from Raw Coffee. Good stuff. Yes. We love Raw. Raw Coffee is and great. And you make your own. Yeah, we make, That's I, the I key. make my own. He uh, brews his own coffee. Fantastic. I do indeed. And I keep liters of it in the fridge. Do so you? And then I just take it and go exactly, out. Exactly. So I can start my day with, you know. 
at mm. least seven espressos before I leave the house. <laughs> Not five. <laughs> pints of espresso. What does the EU know? <laughs> well, you know, it's interesting, isn't it? And I think it does depend on how your body responds yeah, to... Yeah, I've never drunk coffee in my life. Have you not? Never. Never had no. a cup of coffee? I've had, I've had one, I had maybe two, maybe two espressos my in my life. <laughs> but, but that's great, though, because when I was pregnant, mm. I, didn't, I didn't have to give it up and I didn't have that caffeine withdrawal. And that's I true. went to a, um, like a, a detox bar in Austria a few years ago and a lot of the people were having serious headaches and throwing up and ended, a few people ended up on a drip because they were having such severe caffeine withdrawals. Mm. So I do mm. feel lucky, but th- of course there are times where I think, oh, that'd be a, be a great time to drink coffee. Mm. I don't like the taste. Well, well. The, what the EU is highlighting, and I must share this with you, it also depends on if you are young. So if you're a child or a teenager, you need to be very careful of how much uh, caffeine you're drinking and also if you're pregnant mm. as yeah. well. That makes sense. What, what, why, you're why neither of those things, Mark. Fortunately not. <laughs> <laughs> so go wild. <laughs> Does it stunt growth, or what's the problem ama- amongst young people? I, um, I think it's, it's just caffeine. Yeah. It just goes a bit yeah. wild. Mm. Yeah. Um, th- the other question is, and I find this strange, like, when did you start drinking coffee? Like, Did you start as a teenager, or as a... I don't I, get it. I, I think, again, growing up on the farm, we've always drunk coffee. You know, you really? wake up at 4 or 5 a.m. to go out on your... Uh-huh. Your journey, shall we say. And, uh, you know, you start with a, a, a cup of coffee that was made on the fire, and it just... It becomes force of habit and, you know, again, working in hospitality for so long. Yeah, right. Your parents try to keep it away from you for the longest time. I remember as a child, you know, when we want to have a cup of Arabic coffee, Mm -hmm. you know, they'd always tell us, you'll get a mustache. That was the way they scared us. You'll get a mustache if you drink coffee, so we keep away from it till we were old enough to. Well, uh, I'm going to be sharing a story later. If you're going, if you're not a coffee drinker, how about tea? Because I have to say, I've got a story to share. What happened to me last weekend? Trying to get a good cup of tea in a uh, in a cafe in Dubai. Um, uh, yeah, so I'm going to be sharing a story coming from the UK's Guardian about. Uh, tea and they're saying actually for the Brits who love their tea actually it's not good enough the tea is just not good enough and how it's served so we'll explore that in a little while chef your back's is seated what have you done what have you uh, been doing there just talk us through the process so far to, I just plated uh, our hummus the sandai tomato hummus as I said and then next to it uh, what we serve is oh pizza bread but it's your usual Arabic flatbread guess the ingredient Suzanne. Well, in Spanish, ever since the 1500s, today's mystery ingredient is known as pimenton. One example for where it is used is in chorizo sausage, giving it a fiery red color. So how's the post-baby diet going, Helen? Uh, Not especially well, thanks, (laughs) Chef Mark. (laughs) That hummus is delicious. What's really nice is it tastes very refreshing. Um, sometimes hummus can feel quite kind of heavy and a, bit, a little bit claggy if it's not done well. And this just tastes really fresh and, and vibrant, delicious. Suzanne? Well, um, I give them thumbs up. It is very delicious. The, um, the, 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 the spice that I taste in there is, is smoky, which is what I like. Uh, I would like it personally just a little more tart, so a little more lemon mm-hmm. for my taste. Mm-hmm. But um, it is nice. Uh, I can taste the chickpea, which is evident, and it's uh, you know, it's it's hummus, and what I love about hummus is uh, when it's good and like this mm. is this it's it's the rustic taste. It's mm. like it's fresh, yes. mm. and I love that. Chef, what did you just go through again? How you put that together? So uh, it's not rocket science because it's it's almost the same than the normal mm. hummus. You have your tahina, which is a sesame paste, uh-huh. and then we cook the chickpeas as normal, 
and then uh, you, dry, you you soak dry chick chickpeas, chickpeas and cook them, which makes a big difference. And then we cook with a little bit of vegetables and herbs, and then and and then blend all together with olive oil and a little bit garlic, a little bit lemon juice. What makes a difference is the sun-dried tomato. What mm-hmm. people also mm. knows as pomodoro sacchi. And then a little bit of the smoked paprika oil. Yeah, the sun-dried tomato give it that nice little um, tart, sweet, um, you know, balance inside the hummus. Because hummus is very earthy. That's Mm. right. And that gives it a nice little punch of acidity. It's nice. And then on the top, is this chive and fresh tomato? Yes. Yeah, really lovely. fresh tomato and a little bit parsley. Yeah. And we've taken pictures for you to check out our Facebook page. And, of course hummus as we would associate with living in this part of the world and of course with the holy month of ramadan coming up and uh, one of our listeners texted in to say suzanne husseini um, some of us forget and this was talking about at the beginning of the show some of us forget that ramadan is about healthy habits so what are recipes that satisfy the eyes and taste while retaining the cultural elements having meals that take into consideration some of our loved ones who need to restrict themselves when it comes to sugar salt fat gluten etc uh, suzanne you inspire us with how you reinvent Middle Eastern dishes. Oh, that's very sweet. Well, you know, I'm all about, of course, Middle Eastern Arabic food is my love. It's my passion. And I'm always looking for a way. It is my roots, of course. It's my heritage. And I stay true to it. And I always try to find ways to make it um, updated, light, fresh, um, always use premium ingredients. Uh, when bread is an issue for some people, like for instance, fatouche is a very typical salad, uh, traditionally mm. would be served around Ramadan. You can certainly leave out the bread and substitute it for something else. Uh, you can put uh, aubergine, for instance. Well, I roast aubergine, mm. and, and that could be inside. Or, or, su- or serve the bread separately so people can add their own if they want uh, to. Yeah, absolutely. Have that absolutely. On my menu at the brunch coming up on the Friday tomorrow, I actually have a fatouche, which has halloumi cheese. Oh, that's delicious. As a crouton. Good for protein as yes, well. instead of the bread. So it's always looking for little things, but I'm always digging into the ingredients from the same food culture. So I try to stay true to the integrity of the dish, not go too far, mm-hmm. and still I can call it by its name, and, and it's good for you. It is healthy food. Good food is real food. Whole food. Yeah. All food. Real, real ingredients. Exactly. Coming back on the espressos, so Ahmed is texting to say, I drink 15 espressos <gasps> a day. <gasps> Minimum. Good show. Minimum. (laughs) Respect from Mark. (laughs) And almost rather like you, Mark, he says, and yes, I do have a (laughs) moustache. So it's clearly true what your mother told you. My mother said, yes. You need to start like a coffee club, Mark. That would be awesome. You can come together and share tricks and get a a buzz together. (laughs) So tell us more about Catered by Cavalli. What else is on the menu, chef? For our catering selection? Yeah. Well, uh, me for I would tap into what is in. It's it's. Uh, I wanted to mention that usually when it comes to catering, uh, it's a little bit always uh, industrial and then uh, high volume, and then maybe you need to cut corners when it comes mm-hmm. to quality, and then maybe it's not fresh because you need to prepare a lot and freeze and fridge and then and kind of half boring. So our idea is to serve uh, the same quality as you would come to the restaurant. And then mix and match with a little bit, uh, you know, really nicely designed uh, uh, canapé uh, and refined uh, bites. Well, what was very important that uh, each canapé, it's 
like a miniature of your whole dish. Mm. So one bite has to be perfect. That's like right. when you have a whole dish and you have a balance of crispy and the colors and the flavors, is the same thing with the little panapé. One bite has to be that it's a memory of. Mm. Mm. I just had a. Let's take one example from from. Uh, we have a foie gras lollipop which is you have this lollipop uh, experience that you grab and then, and then you bite. And it's really, you have the foie gras flavor and it's creamy and it, you have some crunch outside, which is some uh, toasted hazelnuts. It has a little bit of sweetness with reduced balsamico. So Yummy. <laughs> <laughs> or I pick another one of taco tortillas with tomato hummus. It's the same hummus, what we just tried. And then there, the, the crispiness is we have a little bit of corn tortilla, which is, of course, gluten-free. And uh, or let's take another one that we have the what you thought of nori pesto, which is a little bit uh, the idea of usually pesto is a Did part. Did you say nori pesto? Nori like pesto. Like pesto. S- yeah. so seaweed. Yeah, mm-hmm. really That's cool. Well. Never tried that before. Mm. Um, yeah, the idea like is uh, that nori and beef for me is a very very uh, important combination. Mm. They like each Kay. other from. It's in Japanese, many chefs combines them. And then when it comes to tartar, I noticed that it's word-wise becomes a little bit boring. It's always the same. When it comes to tartar, it has to be Tabasco and uh, all these kind of things. So I moved away and I was focusing more on what's the, the flavor of the beef we mm. can match. So and you're um, going to be cooking this for us later. Is that the one? The In the, the next show when we come back. That's <laughs> be we are having some meat though, I, I've seen. Yes, yes it's a surprise. Okay. Mm. <laughs> and just nice. Mark, to, uh, just to, uh, what I'm loving about this, as you've just said actually, Chef, is that you get the same experience of what you would have if you were sitting down in the cafe. Mm. And this is not just any kind of cafe. It's a very special experience that you have there. But to be able to bring some of those tastes and flavours and the experience into the home or into an event. I mean, you're mm. catering for small parties and huge parties as well. We are. And, um, you know, like, like Mark says, it is really about being quality led and 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 to a degree what Susan said as well you know we we use a really good quality product that we then transfer over to the to the experience so and but do you find that challenging being here in the UAE to get those quality products yes and no I mean there's uh, the UAE Chef is Mark's making a face. Yeah, I mean, yeah, and I'm well, looking I'm at him because he's yeah. he's been able to achieve quite a lot with uh, with the farm to table concept. You know, he's sourced local suppliers that can give us, for example, heirloom tomatoes which oh, we fantastic. buy locally. And you know, again, because c- tomatoes that you find often here in the supermarket, you cut into them and they're they're you know white mm, inside. They don't yeah. taste like tomatoes. And then yeah. you go somewhere like Beirut and you have a a fresh tomato salad. You're like. That's wow. what tomato yes. tastes like. Yeah, yeah. it's that's a wake-up call. That's our philosophy as well. <laughs> I prefer to uh, give you one tomato with a little bit salt and olive oil, but it tastes tomato. Exactly. Yeah. Rather than create something with 25 different ingredients and then finally mm. you just mm. say, ah, was it tomato? What was that? Now, have you ever had any unusual requests for your catering event? Like somebody has, has made a request that's really weird or different. And or you challenging. Or challenging, yeah that you couldn't how does it work with uh, with catering a yacht how does that work yeah, with logistically did, that's a, that's yeah, a tricky well, one well uh, we did not have particular uh, strange requests but the locations and and then and, mm. and then the 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 
the whole setup so mm. is, is actually the challenge but that's yeah. why we are there yeah. because you want to enjoy you're the yeah, professionals we, we yeah. call the experts and as yeah. we said you, we all had this uh, feeling that when you have your part and you have to look after are you enjoying it no because you're stressing exactly. and why are you crying and that's right. my favourite dinner and you party know tip. that <laughs> you still <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Don't didn't deliver because you know your friend's favourite is someone and you forget to buy for him and you know that yeah. your f- best friend uh, is allergic brother to this yes. so yeah, allergic and, and that's why we hire chef to do all that for us take all the stress away yeah. We do this for you. That's but surely uh, the most unusual request, Chef, that you've ever had is to cater for a radio show mm-hmm. and to yes. come into yeah, a studio <laughs> and deal with what you've had to deal with this morning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and see what's what's uh, still ahead. <laughs> more to come. The hob hasn't been fired up yet. Well, now it's no uh, drama. <laughs> uh, more to come, and keep your messages coming in on four zero zero one. Coming back on the coffee, a lot of people talking about the coffee. Mark um, saying, I used to have three coffees from a well-known branded coffee shop, uh, the big ones with extra shots, and um, I did that for six months or so, but I had to quit because I had an uncontrollable shiver in my right hand be careful guys with the amount of coffee that you are drinking and also be careful with the amount of money you're spending yes like if you're point. having three coffees from a chain every day then yeah certainly do the math because that could be a holiday by the end of the and year not and not only coffee uh, sorry uh, yeah. Helen not only coffee a lot of these big brands also serve you so-called coffee but it's also coffee. there's sugar and there's exactly and the calories yeah, yeah, yeah. are crazy mm, exactly yeah, yeah and I think the key here is that you know good quality coffee and yeah. make your own if you yeah. can uh, and avoid sugar. For me, it's no. I don't understand where this came from. This combination because bitter and sugar is not a flavor combination. <laughs> For me, it's sweet yeah. and coffee is just something really strange flavor.